actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Dispatchers will typically start their day the same way every day. Some agencies may have a roll call, which is sort of a shift briefing where assignments for the day are read out. If there's any sort of big incident that's going on before we get there, we can be briefed on that. Or sometimes if there's some sort of a anticipated event, our supervisor can tell us about that as well. After that, we'll go to our assigned location and start either taking calls or dispatching for police or fire units. Smaller agencies, they'll do all of those sometimes. Those of us who get on the phones, our first call, that could be someone who's watching someone get shot or stabbed. And the next call, that was sitting on hold while you're processing the previous one, that might be someone who barely rear-ended someone at a stoplight. One call to the next, it can be a huge swing. The first could be the darkest call you've ever heard, and the next a very routine call where there's zero chance of someone getting hurt. In this episode today, I'll have a very wide range of calls to play and discuss. Though not all of these exact type of calls come in on a typical day in dispatch, we take calls very similar to these frequently, and at most bigger agencies like mine, multiple times a day. I'll say that this episode, it's going to be heavy in the audio and light in the details, and some of it, simply because there's not a lot of details that are deep that we can discuss. Again, that's something that happens quite often with dispatch. We often take a call about just about anything and never find out the full story. The first call... We'll head to Richland County, South Carolina. So let's get rolling. Welcome back to Music City 911. 
911, where is your emergency? Yes, I just had an officer come to 117 Gloria Trail about my brother, but he's up there at my mama house, and he done pull a knife and jumping on my, my mama in there, and she said 2407 Hayward Brockton Road. 24 right up the road. Okay. All right, hold on yes, a second. <laughs> and he's my daughter out now. He got a knife on. And I'm about to ride my car up there. All right, you say he has a knife on your mother? Yes, he he don't pull a knife on my brother, my stepdad, and my um mama. Okay. And he's punching them up. At the other location. They was just at my location. I was telling the officer that um, my mom and them kept calling me saying that he was trying 2407 Hayward Buckingham Road, that um, that he was about to jump on them, and the people was like that they had to call it in. And I was like, how can they call it in when he already starting it up They with them? And so the officer left from here and said that they was going um, going back to their office or whatever. And cleared it out from at this location. Okay. So they just called me on video uh, call, and he got the knife and stuff at them and punching my mom and them all in their face. Okay. All right. So they're already Hello? familiar with they're already familiar with him and everything, right? I, we got them on the phone. I even they coming. Okay. Yes. What's your name, ma'am? We we have them coming. What's because the people kept telling us that if y'all don't call the police, that they had to leave from Grandma's address. Okay. What's your uh, name? All right. We have. He got a red, red and white striped shirt on. Okay. Is he black, white, or Hispanic? He black. He black. I mean, they said they on their way. I got him on 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 the phone. Yeah. Okay. Did he walk over there? Did he drive over there? He he on foot, ma'am. He on foot. Okay. All right. We got them coming, ma'am. They're en route now. Okay. All right. All right. Yes, ma'am. That call is something we get pretty often. A family member calling because the family on the scene say they can't call because of the action that's going on. But miraculously, I suppose, these same people who can't call the police can call and relay all the details of what's happening to a family member and ask them to call. Before I get into the details of the 911 call itself, I have to say, if you have time to call a family member who is not on the scene you have time to call the police. If you have a family member assaulting you, threatening you with a weapon, and have time to pick up the phone and call up and tell somebody else about it, everything would move a lot quicker if you just called the police straight up. The info is going to be processed more efficiently from someone who's trained to ask specific questions and the officers, they're going to arrive on the scene a whole lot quicker too. But back to the call itself, this is a song dispatchers have heard too many times. A family dispute that turns violent or worse. This time, a grown man is fighting with his mother and other people there. The dispatcher got what she could, and I think she did a good job. Got the suspect's description, where he was going, and knew that he was armed with a knife. And as you heard, by the end of the call, officers were already on the way. From here, we're going to move to the audio from the officer's camera. This is the first one to arrive on the scene. 
the whole thing is a mess and escalates very quickly. Hey, where is he? He had my motherfucker out, and he been hit me in my head. Just try popping the motherfucker. I think the fuck about now. Is it Irvin? That's my son. You better get in. I'ma fuck him down now. Where is he? He ran in there and they took me and my husband down in him. He didn't put a knife at I mean, uh, I did every damn thing at us. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, no, I need to see your arm. Uh-uh. That motherfucker that hit me in my head and everything. Do you need EMS? I don't care what I need right now. Just get that motherfucker out my house. You don't went after dealing with 642, semi-52, minor lacerations. I'm going to use every fucking thing I know how to use. Okay, where is he? Right there. Get him out my motherfucking house. No, don't shoot him. Back away. Back away. Get out of my line of sight. He don't got no gun. Hey, come here. Drop the weapon. Drop the weapon. Drop the weapon now. Get on the ground! Get on the fucking ground now! Don't hit my son, man. man Get on the ground! Drop the weapon! Drop the weapon! Hold up! Hold up! Drop the weapon! Drop the weapon! Drop it! Drop it! Drop the weapon! Drop the weapon! Drop the weapon now! Drop it! Drop the knife! Drop the weapon! Drop the knife. Drop the knife now. Drop the knife. Subject's got a knife. We got him at gunpoint. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. To explain what happened there, the first officer arrived and found the mother and another male outside the location. As you could hear, the mother especially kept saying that she was assaulted by this person inside and that he assaulted other people and she wanted him out of the house and gone. The other male there could be heard saying similar but changed the weapon that he had from a knife to a stake, a wooden stake. Where the officer was in all this, he was to the left of the porch that had steps leading up to the front door. The other male, which I believe is actually the suspect's brother, was directly across in front of the officer. He was the one the officer was saying back up and get out of the way to. That was pretty quick thinking on the officer. He wanted to have anyone out of the way and in a safer location if something were to turn sideways. The brother had also said something to the effect of, don't shoot my brother. At that point, you hear the screen door open and the suspect walks out with that wooden stake in his hand. He's maybe 10 feet or less from the officer when he walks down the steps and starts approaching him with that stake in his hand the entire time. The officer ordered him multiple times to put the weapon down, which the suspect just simply didn't do. You could also faintly hear in the background the suspect saying, shoot me a couple times. A second officer arrived on the scene while the first officer had the suspect at gunpoint. He also joined in, trying to order the weapon out of his hand. The suspect kept approaching and never dropped the stake, even though he had been ordered to around 20 times. The second officer pulled his taser out, a less lethal option, at which point you can hear him say, taser, 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 then deployed the taser. It had zero effect on the suspect other than apparently angering him. What was a slow walk towards the first officer changed to a full-on sprint towards the second one, and that's when police shot him.
The suspect, 34-year-old Irvin Moore Charlie, died from the shooting. A few days after that happened, the family took the news saying they wanted justice because of the shooting. They said that the suspect had some mental health problems, which, during the call and the initial back and forth with the family there on the scene, I don't believe I heard anyone saying anything about any issues like that. But truthfully, none of that would have mattered. You can't charge a police officer with a deadly weapon and expect the officer to get stabbed all while saying, it's okay, he has mental health issues. That's not the way it works. Regardless of what's going on with him, he was charging an officer, and a split second further, he could have easily been on top of that second officer, plunging that stake into him. To my knowledge, this incident is still under investigation since it just happened a few days ago, but everything that I've seen in multiple angles of the incident show a very easily justified police shooting. A link to the call as well as three different angles on the scene, those will be linked in the show's description. County County 911, where's your emergency? I've been in an accident. Okay, what's the address? What's your location? I'm on 15. I don't know where I am. Okay, do you see anything around you? A business or? No. Okay, are you on the highway? Yes, ma'am. I just got on 15 and I am. You're on Highway 15? Where am I at? I'm on 15, and I'm in a lot of pain. Okay, I'm getting an ambulance on the way. I need to know your location. Is there someone there that can help you find your location? I'm just on 15. Um, you don't see a street sign for anything else anywhere? No, ma'am. A house? Oh, or I'm, in a, I'm in a field. You're in a field? Uh-huh. Okay. And were you by yourself, or is someone else there? Another car pulled in front of me. Okay. Um, are they hurt, too? I don't know. I can't get out. My ankle is killing me. Okay. I'm an EMT. Okay, listen to me. I... We're on the way, okay? Just stay on the phone with me. What's your name? My name is Abby Short. Okay, Abby, what uh, vehicles are involved? Um, I'm in a... Uh, Abby, Abby. Yes. yes. Okay, just just stay calm. Is someone there with you? There's somebody that was in the big truck that stopped. Okay, just can they come and sit with you? We've already received numerous calls. We're on our way. Okay. What kind of car are you in, Abby? Chevy, um, Cobalt, two door. Okay. Okay. Just stay on the phone with me. We'll we'll be on the way. Okay. No. Okay. I just can't get out of my car. Okay. Just sit still. You don't need to move. Okay. I think my nose is bleeding. Okay, just stay calm. Okay. Is this Abby from National? Yes, ma'am. Hey, it's Heather. Hey, Heather. Hey, just stay on the phone with me, okay? Okay. We're getting you help on the way. I'm just hurting a lot. I'm sorry. I know. It's, it's okay. It's all right. 
Did your car flip? Uh-uh. Was there only one car involved? And, um, no, or there was two. There was two? The car swerved in front of me, and I didn't stop. And can you see the other car? Okay. I'm going to stay on the phone with you, okay? Okay. My nose is bleeding. I wish I could have something to stop it. It's okay. Just try not to lean back. Just let it bleed. No, just just stay still, Abby, okay? You said your stomach hurts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll be okay, we're on our way. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. You're all right, just talk to me. Hi, Heather, how are you? I'm <laughs> good. Was you on your way home? Yeah. Oh. Oh, fuck, my leg hurts. Yeah, it's just be still. We're getting you help on the way. Okay. Uh, oh, man. This sucks. I just wanted to go home. I really just wanted to get to my house. Oh, I know. It's okay. Is there be anybody out there speaking with you? No. No. Okay. I'm gonna just stay on the phone with you. It's okay. I really just hurt so bad. I'm sorry. It's okay. Just keep talking to me. I know, Abby. It's your nose, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be crying. I should be fine. No, it's okay. This is a bad day. It's it's okay. It's okay. Just stay calm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Oh, good. Someone's there with you. Okay. My leg just hurts so bad. That leg. Abby, are you still stuck in the car? No. Somebody with you, I'm gonna let you go, okay? Okay. My leg hurts. That leg. Okay, I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Okay, we're on our way. I moved that leg. It This was one of those odd calls. It's not every day that you take a 911 call from someone you know on the phone. It does happen, but it is rare. I've done it a few times but I work for a very large agency in a big city. 
this is a smaller town. Watkinsville, Georgia, which is just east of Atlanta. The chances of knowing someone in a small town like this, that's a lot greater. Back to the call, though. It would be hard talking to someone you know on the phone that's been hurt like that. The extent of the injuries of the caller and the other vehicle weren't really appearing on the call. We did hear that she hurt her leg, but past that, not too much. The dispatcher calmed the caller as best she could, and I'm sure that helped during that situation. The location, which obviously is the most important thing to get in a 911 call, the dispatcher did all the right things. The caller stated she was on Highway 15, but didn't know where on Highway 15 she was. When a dispatcher gets a call like that, they should ask for things like this one did. Ask if she can see anything around her, like a business to try to nail down where the wreck happened. This happened back in 2016, and in a small town like this one in Georgia, I'm not sure what sort of capabilities they had as to getting a GPS location from the cell phone. It sounds like she probably had that to use, but not really sure on that. Overall, though, good job on this dispatcher helping a friend of hers on the phone. Unfortunately, the wreck itself, it wasn't a good scene to arrive at for the responding units. The caller, Abby, she was transported to a local hospital with various injuries and was later released. The occupants of the other car, they didn't fare so well. Local police and later state troopers investigated the crash. They determined that the other car, which was a Toyota Camry, it had veered into oncoming traffic and ended up hitting Abby's car, a Chevy Cobalt, head on. There were five people in the other car, all University of Georgia students. The driver, Agnes Kim, who was 21 at the time of the accident, was transported to a hospital where she remained in a coma for two months from a bad brain injury. The other four people in the Camry, Christina Samaria, 19, Kayla Canedo, also 19, Brittany Feldman, 20, and Hallie Grace Scott, 19, all lost their lives. Four lives lost. Investigators dug deep into all possibilities of what might have caused this, what happened. They determined excessive speed was not a factor. No drugs or alcohol were found or suspected to be used by either driver. It looks as though it was possibly just simply distracted driving. This was a horrible tragedy that really hurt the small community as well as the University of Georgia. In a matter of seconds, they lost several of their students. Other students lost their friends, and parents lost their daughters. I hate that things like this happen, but fatal accidents happen multiple times a year. For the past 50 years, each year in America, we've had anywhere from 30 to over 50,000 deaths in motor vehicle collisions. Our population has grown, and with advances in car safety, those 50,000 plus numbers, those years are well behind us. I don't even like saying it like this, but the numbers have steadily fallen in the past few years, we haven't reached 40,000. They're all in the 30,000s per year. That's still way too many. Make sure if you have younger drivers or 
really anyone in the household, that they stay alert while driving. This all seems like it was a complete accident, and it was entirely avoidable. Horrible tragedy. What's not a tragedy, but is horrible, is this next call. This guy. Oh, man. What can I even say to lead into this? I'll just let it play, I guess. Sharonville Police, this is Cindy. Hi, I need to do a complaint about two Sharonville cops. They stole my f***ing weed last night. Okay, let me have you talk to a supervisor. All right. Hold on just a moment. Hello? Hi, uh, is this a sheriff? This is Sergeant Mark Duddleson with the Sharonville Police. How can I help you? All right, my name's Bell. I had two cops come here last night and steal my f***ing weed, and I want it back. Okay, where, what what address are you talking about? Yeah, I was I was staying at a hotel last night at the night at the time. My wife had some problem. They had to call them, and my wife had my weed in their purse, and the mother cops took it. It was only like four grams, but it was really good weed. It was only like four grams, but it was like you know prestige weed, and the mother took it. And from what I know, a hundred grams is cool, right? Or am I wrong? You are wrong. I'm wrong. What do you mean by that? Do you think it's cool? What, where did you get that information What, what are you from? talking about? A hundred grams is legal. Am I wrong? No, it's not. What county is this? This is in Hamilton County. Hamilton County, a hundred grams is legal. Okay, well, I mean, it's not. I'm just here to tell you that it's not. What do you mean it's not, dude? Where have you been the past two months? Okay. Two months ago, it got past 100 grams. You guys don't take it. No ticket. I know okay. I'm right here, dude. Don't try to talk to me like I'm dumb. Okay. Matthew, I'm, I'm right here. If you'd like to come down and file a complaint against these officers, you can do it in person. No, bullshit. I want my weed back. It was only four grams. And it happened at like 2.30 last night. Did those mother turn in any weed? Did they say any weed? Or, I guarantee you, they put it right in their f***ing pockets. Okay, well, uh... Yeah, man, I'll what? take this as far as you want to go. If you think you're going to f*** me around with this bullshit, dude, you're f***ing wrong. I'm just going to go over your f***ing head. I want uh, my mother f***ing weed back. They didn't right. turn it in, did they? Did, did any cops turn in any f***ing weed last night around 2.33 a.m.? I guarantee you they didn't. They stole my f***ing weed. It was only 4 f***ing grams. And I'm allowed to have up to 100 grams. I know the law. I know my rights. Okay. You know, and if you're not going to help me out, I'm going to go over your head. Can you stop talking for a second? Okay. What? What hotel were you at? I don't know. Some hotel in Sharonville. But I woke up in the morning. I asked my wife where my mother weed was, and she said the cops came and took it. It was okay. only four grams, but it was good weed. So the, and those so mother the, stole it. So the police officers took it from your wife? Yeah. Okay. And my well, wife said to them, they, she said to them, no, 100 grams is legal. And they said, Ugh, and they kind of laughed, you know, tell it to the judge kind of bullshit. Okay, what's your wife's name? Hey, I'm not trying to get all this information out, man. I just Why want not? my feedback. You called me. You are complaining. I, I know, that dude, but I know how it all works, and I feel like you're just trying to trap me right now, and I'm not falling into that game, man. All I want is my mother weed back. 
You know, can you at least answer me a question? Did them nope, two cops nope. that were in Sharonville last night, Matthew. did they turn in any weed? What's your wife's name? Uh, Marilyn Manson is my wife's name. Okay. But well, anyway, back to my point and why I called you for your help. Well, uh, where's I'm, my I'm trying weed? to get you. Did any, cop, did any Sharonville cops turn in any weed last night? How how do you think it's possible that you call me and be completely unreasonable, and then I can't have a conversation with you and you Sir, expect any kind I'm of result? I'm not trying to be unreasonable to you. Okay, I'm what's your wife's you, name? Answer me the simple question. What's your wife's Did name? any Sharonville cops turn in any weed last night? They I didn't. Need... They took my weed and they stuck it in their f***ing pockets. Okay, what's your wife's you know, name? My wife said it was some young guy and, and some bald, fat f that came here and took it. You know, they didn't give me no ticket. You know, if it's f***ing illegal, you know, they said, you know, they said they would tell it to the judge kind of f***ing bullshit. You know, where's my f***ing weed ticket then if it's not legal? They took my f***ing You know, but anyway, I can tell this is a losing situation. I just want you to look into it. Last night, 2.30, there were two f***ing cops here that stole my weed. You know, and that's it. You have a good evening, sir. Thank you. All right. Absolutely amazing. Before I get into this, the past few episodes, I tried to dial down the bleeps and calls. This one, there were just so many of them, I wasn't going to even attempt to do that. If I did, I'd still be working on editing this episode next week. But really, I don't even know where to start on this one. I guess the obvious was weed legal at the time of the call. The simple answer is no just like the sergeant said. What the caller was talking about was the very nearby city of Cincinnati. They decriminalized weed. But that is just for that specific city. The state law, which the city of Sharonville, where this happened, it still states that weed is not legal. Sharonville is a very small town that's mostly in the same county that Cincinnati is in. Most larger cities have other cities located inside or just outside their city limits. In Nashville, we actually have a few. Bellmead, Berry Hill, Oak Hill, Goodlesville. All actual real cities. They have and provide their own services. For us, Berry Hill, Bellmead, and Goodlesville, they all have their own police department. Sharonville, Ohio, they do as well. It's a very small city, nine square miles, just nine square miles, a population of just over 13,000. And like I said, they abide by state law in regards to weed. The caller, damn, what in the actual hell? I thought weed was supposed to calm you down. Maybe not having it has the opposite effect. At least in this dude's case, it did. There are a lot of holes in the story, though. The next little bit, it's going to be all speculation since we don't know who this guy was or what actually happened. Okay. Police could have been there and confiscated the wheat. Sometimes officers, for small amounts, they may confiscate it and dispose of it and not arrest anyone. From what it seems like, no one there was arrested. So this seems completely possible. Likely. Who knows. 
I suppose the police could have just straight stole it, like this guy was saying, for their own personal use or sale. It's also possible. I don't know how likely that is. But another possibility, and this seems a little bit more likely, is that this dude just may have a shitty girlfriend or wife or whatever she is. I say that not knowing anything, obviously, but let's just see if we can make our aim on this a little bit better with the things he provided. His girlfriend told him that while he was sleeping, two cops entered their likely small hotel room, questioned the female, quote-unquote stole his weed, and then left, all while never waking him up. What's the likelihood of that? I can't imagine police being in a hotel room, finding drugs, and somehow never question 50% of the people in that room. Plus, the fact remains that police don't do random drug checks in hotel rooms. Officers don't go door-to-door in search of drugs at hotels, or anywhere. Police would have had to been called there for something. He never said a single thing about that. Can you imagine, though? Knock-knock, police here, just doing our random door-to-door search looking for drugs. Oh, your boyfriend's sleeping? We'll keep it quiet. Shh. Just whisper so we don't disturb the owner of this premium weed. I think a better possibility is that the girlfriend either smoked all of it or some of it herself and may have had the help of others doing all the inhaling or she could have just been even more shady and sold the stuff. Those seem the most likely of all the possible ways this could have gone down. I can only hope that in the future, maybe this guy can find his weed again and become more of a calm person and less of a dumbass. And I'd also like to say, do it just a few miles south inside the city limits of Cincinnati where it's legal. That's going to be it for this one. If you haven't done so already, follow the show on all social media. Stay tuned this week for a big announcement. Those of you that subscribe to Crime HQ, you already know. But when it happens, you'll know too. I'll be posting all over about it. Anyway, for Music City 911, y'all have a good one.